At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Understanding your immune system and the complex work happening inside you every day will forever change the way you think about your body. This is the epic story of Immune, a journey into the mysterious system that keeps you alive, a new book by Philip Detmer, founder of the popular YouTube channel Kurzgesagt. Filled with illustrations and information you didn't get in science class, Immune is available wherever books and audiobooks are sold. morning and welcome to the cosmology and science podcast and to our weekly update our monday show and uh, today we're going to go through like the status of our quest into the gravitational redshift and the fundamentals of the current cosmology and uh, we're going to look at how this quest is going and uh, we also had a really great week just now with uh, the interview with chris brown about his book and about the theory and just this overall concept of looking at like the totality of a mass, if you have, if you look at something far away, you, this is the hypothesis, to get a right picture of, of the effects on the light, you have to not only look at that, that object of a star, but you have to look at the totality of the mass between you and the star, including the star. So we're going to look uh, a little bit more into the equations a bit later, but first we want to have a little reading from Einstein's, um, the collection of Einstein's writings is called Ideas and Opinions. And um, it's an interesting little excerpt here because it's about how people view Einstein and his, um, his physics, his work, and how he himself saw his own work and, and uh, kind of the cult around him. So he says here that he um, he was interviewed in 1921 uh, and then about his first impressions of America. So uh, he says, uh, he opens with, I must redeem my promise to say something about my impressions of this country. This is not altogether easy for me, for it is not easy to take up the attitude of impartial observer when one is received with such kindness and undeserved respect as I have been in America. First of all, let me say something on this score. And here comes a, an interesting paragraph. The cult of individuals is always, in my view, unjustified. To be sure, nature distributes her gifts unevenly among her children. But there are plenty of well-endowed and I am fairly convinced that most of them live quiet, unobtrusive lives. 
it strikes me as unfair and even in bad taste to select a few of them for boundless admiration, attributing superhuman powers of mind and character to them. This has been my fate. And the contrast between the popular estimate of my powers and achievements and the reality is simply grotesque. <laughs> so this is Einstein's own self-assessment of, of what he's doing. And it's also... Uh, a part of reason of mentioning this is that uh, there are enormous discoveries to be to be made here, and it should be a little bit kind of uh, having the courage to just kind of just walk into it and look at it with fresh eyes. It's also interesting to just note that these revolutionary ideas with the the specific relativity uh, is high school level physics now. So it took kind of this uh, genius in physics to come up with them, but it is understandable and is taught to 16 and 17 year olds. So there shouldn't be this too much of a, um, it shouldn't um, be too afraid to, to promote new ideas. So that's a part of like just learning here from Einstein because this is what he did and then he was... Um, looked so much up to that he found it grotesque. So, over to the gravitational redshift. So he says here, he talks about this is one of the three proofs of the general relativity. So he says there at the end, like an appendix that he wrote a few years after this original book, Relativity from 1916. He opens with this appendix. Since the publication of the first edition of this little book, our knowledge about the structure of space in the large cosmological problem has had an important development, which ought to be mentioned even in a popular presentation of the subject. And then he says, A few years later, Hubble showed by a special investigation of the extragalactic nebula, the Milky Way, that the spectral lines emitted showed a redshift which increased regularly, regularly with the distance of the nebula. And then it says, and then one might see this as uh, that they are moving faster away the further they are or that the space is expanding. But then he says, there does arise, however, a strange difficulty. The interpretation of the galactic line shift discovered by Hubble as an expansion leads to an origin of this expansion which lies only about 10 in the ninth years ago, meaning 10 billion, which is kind of in the beginning they thought between 10 and 20 billion, and now it's 13.7 is the theory. While physical astronomy makes it appear likely that the development of individual stars and system of stars takes considerably longer. It is in no way known how this incongruity is to be overcome. And now 100 years later, we have the same problem. That some of these uh, filament structures of galaxies and clusters and superclusters and the, the filaments need much more than 13, 14 billion years to form. So this was then Einstein's... Uh, uh, <laughs> what he saw as a, as, a, as a problem with this theory. Okay, and then we're going to talk about um, the 
gravitational redshift and Chris Brown's book again and like his theory that we are working really hard on getting into the details and the equations. Uh, so now we kind of we, we looked again at the Doppler effect, the Newtonian gravity, the Hubble's law, and the Einstein redshift equations. And um, we're not quite fully finished with it yet, but it looks very promising as a, as a way, like so both the physics and the equations and the conceptual part look very promising. Uh, and anyways, it is an effort to explain things that are in, like contradictory with the current theories. So just looking at the mass from like all, like taking a sphere, like if you look at something far away, it, you can't take just the mass of that object that is shining. You have to take the, all the mass that is within a sphere that starts with you and goes all around that object. There's something about, um, there is something misleading about all these illustrations of the gravitational well because like it's a curvature of time space but then you get this kind of uh, this grid with a with a ball in the middle which kind of sucks the the grid down there is something misleading about that because um, it's an effort to illustrate something that we can't grasp geometrically with our brains that gravity is is uh, is distorting or shaping or bending the space-time. But when you have that image that is just like a, a little ball draw, sucking down the grid, there's also gravitational effects when you have no ball in, <laughs> in the field. And that's one of the main things with this thesis of that you have gravitational effects and disturbances of space-time everywhere on a very tiny degree. So it's kind of down to the numbers here to check how much it will be and how much it will affect the light when it travels very, very far distances. So uh, that's going to be one of the main things we're going to look at this week is to get more detailed into the numbers and then see how this works and applies to uh, the f distant galaxies. And also, as an add-on, there's something interesting then to think that if it is this way that the light is redshifted or is kind of it is affected and loses some of its energy in a sense like it's the speed is the same but like the wavelength is kind of going down so uh, the frequency is going down so um, if it's a bit complicated thought <laughs> but if it is like this that um, the light is gradually being affected by space there might be something to to look more into that maybe this is the reason for the radius of what we say is the observable universe, which we don't know. We don't know how big the observable universe is compared to the totality of the universe. Some say it might be 10% bigger. Sometimes, some people say it might be a trillion times bigger than what we see. There's no idea of, of knowing. There's no way of knowing. But there's something about just to plant one more idea here at the end, that what we see as the limit of the observable universe is the limit for the light, like anything that is outside that that distance, the light will just never reach us because it's too much affected by the gravitational field all the way and the redshift and um, just the the tiring of the light will be at a, the amount that the light would just not reach us anymore. 
So in a sense, let's say the cosmos is, just to pick a number, like 1,000 times bigger than what we see. Like what we see, It's like we see, <laughs> it's like having a little um, um, flashlight from the Earth, if you think it the opposite way, that we can look around inside this little bubble and the size of that bubble is determined by how far the light can go through a part of the cosmos with a certain density of matter because that that uh, <laughs> that amount of is very little but that amount of mass all the way will would just like tire out the light to be eventually nothing so this is just a thought we're going to look more into as well if that is what we see as the the boundary of of our observable universe is just how far the light can go before it loses its its energy and we can't see it anymore okay so that's all for this one and uh, it's going to be a busy day <laughs> especially connecting the hubble constant constant with the gravitational redshift and see how it adds up and if that adds up well then there's a wealth of new things that we can look into because it will affect so many parts of cosmology if you actually just have to think about the mass of what is thought of as empty space as affecting things and maybe several other big equations might look a little bit different. Okay, so that's all for this one and uh, we're going to post extra things now and then when we have some news or some other conversations and interviews and... Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll then keep going with this rhythm of having shows every Monday. Okay, so with that, I uh, hope some of this was interesting, some food for thought, some inspiration. Hope some of you also just get out the pen and paper and start calculating and, and pondering these, these questions and these topics. And as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again next time. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.